1: We are reading a story of hospitality this morning, and I'm reading it today from the Children of God Storybook Bible. And this story is one that is familiar to some of you. Uh, When we hear it, we often hear it during Holy Week. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we get a different story of hospitality where Jesus breaks the bread and pours the wine and shares it with his friends. But John gives us a story of hospitality that's quite different. Hear that story this morning. Jesus and the disciples gathered in Jerusalem. Their feet were dirty from walking the dusty roads, telling people about God's dream. The disciples started arguing over which of them was the greatest. Jesus got up and he tied a towel around his waist. He took a basin of water and he began to wash the feet of his friends and to dry them on the towel. Jesus' friends were shocked. That's a servant's job, they shouted. But Jesus quietly continued washing their feet. When it was Peter's turn, he jumped up. Master, you will never wash my feet. Then you cannot be my disciple, said Jesus. Lord, cried Peter, wash my feet, my hands, my head, all of me then. After Jesus had finished washing their feet, he took off the towel and he sat down again. Do you understand what I have done, he asked. You call me Lord and teacher, but I have washed your feet like a servant. You must follow my example. The leader is the servant of all, and you must be servants to each other. No one is more important than anyone else. I want you to love one another the way that I love you. May this be a word of God for us today. we are continuing our practices of peace sermon series this week and as i mentioned at the beginning the practice of peace for today is hospitality and so sarah and i are going to do our reflection a little bit differently this morning and we're going to do it differently uh, both from the perspective of vulnerability which is part of hospitality and also a bit of hospitality into seeing uh, kind of what our thought processes can look like sometimes when we are doing our own reflections and studies of scripture and so uh, the way we are going to do this morning is a conversation and what we've done is we've uh, put together some questions to ask one another uh, and we will see where this goes but we invite you to join in join with us in this time of reflecting Uh, our first question this morning (laughs) is what's a favorite story of hospitality
0: for you in the bible it's really hard to pick just one i love the one that you shared um and the one about the woman with the alabaster jar comes to mind who extravagantly bathed basically jesus in this beautifully Mm -hmm. scented oil uh extravagant because it was also very costly perfume but when i when i Sort of re- As I reflected upon this more, I was mindful of um, something from the letter to the Hebrews that speaks about the importance of hospitality more than a story. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of the foundation for why these stories are so important. And this is Hebrews, um, the 13th chapter. It says, uh, the title is Service That's Pleasing to God. And let mutual love continue do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it and i love that piece because it's a reminder that those who are in our midst may just be messengers of god which is the literal definition of an angel Hmm. what about you what's a story or a phrase in the bible about hospitality Uh,
1: like you said there are so many (laughs) it's hard to pick a couple Um, One of them will uh, maybe not come as a surprise to you or to others, but the story of Emmaus, because that's just Mm. one of my favorite stories in general. And Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, so the disciples don't know him yet, is walking with them. And when they get to the place where they're going, uh, they urge him to stay, not Mm. knowing who this person is. And I love that story of hospitality. Uh, But I also thought, of course, of the Abraham story, Mm -hmm. which the Hebrew story, uh, quote, maybe pulls from that one with the angels, where the men are, are coming towards Abraham's tent, and he runs out and begs them to sit for a minute and tells them he's going to get them water. And then he goes back and prepares a whole feast for them that he brings out, and uh, similar to the Jesus story, they turn out to be angels, Yeah, (laughs) you know, somebody they're not expecting, but in that moment, he doesn't know that. And and really, it's not just an invitation, it's, you know,
0: really a drawing in, urging them to stay. Yeah, I love that, I love that. You know, and it reminds me of something I experienced on the Camino Trail, Mm -hmm. where there are so many pilgrims walking Uh, tending to their feet um, which get so sore Mm -hmm. and need special attention and people on the sides of the road just offering hospitality it's it's not something we experience here um, in our culture Mm -hmm. often uh, if ever but yeah great stories yeah when when have you experienced hospitality
1: uh it's interesting that you mention uh the camino because one of the places I experienced hospitality differently was when we were traveling in Europe, which does seem to have more of a culture of hospitality Mm -hmm. than we do here. And we noticed it even, we tend to uh, do VRBOs or Airbnbs when we travel. And we noticed it even in the way the difference that that check-in process is. And it was a little unsettling for us at first. You know, we're used to Arriving and they tell you the key code and you get in and you never even meet the people. whose House you're staying in right, but they're there there and they let you in and they show you around and uh, You know, they check in during the week Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a it's a completely different experience even in like a business Transaction yeah, but there's also this funny story that I always think of about hospitality when I was an intern at a church Uh, and i don't know maybe the first or second time i had ever preached i had this terrible cough um, and it was just i can get this in my where it just it won't go away and once it starts it's just 10 minutes of, <laughs> of coughing and it's horrible uh, if you're trying to speak yep and so i was leading the adult sunday school class that morning and had kind of been fighting my way through the cough and made it okay but. I mentioned to them, I said, well, I'm just a little nervous, you know, because I've got this cough and whatever. I went up to the pulpit and (laughs) there were four glasses of water lined up (laughs) and (laughs) all these different piles of cough drops, like (laughs) all these different people had seen my potential need and wanted to make sure that I had, you know, whatever I needed to feel comfortable in that moment, which uh, was so hospitable. Yeah. And such an amazing story for me.
0: I love that. How about you? Are there others other than the Camino? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was with some folks this weekend, and we spent a lot of time together. And so I did the hive mentality. I'm like, so what's hospitality to you? When have <laughs> you experienced? What's the hard part of hospitality? And, and one of the folks there said, um, that they they defined hospitality. Because when I heard their answer, I'm like, how do you define hospitality? And she said, well, I define it by um, as easing someone's burden. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole industry around hospitality, right? And so she's in the travel business. And so she says, you know, if I can help someone plan a trip and they can sort of get away from their burdens Mm -hmm. for a moment, um, that's a ministry. And so I thought about that, and I realized that, you know, there were times, there had been a few times in our life when Beth and I have welcomed people into our home to stay for an extended period, and not, not friends, uh, so people who became friends, but people who really were burdened in their life in some way, and we, we welcome mm-hmm. them into our home. But the story that I experienced most about hospitality was this very same person who said she considers hospitality helping to relieve someone's burden was when she and her partner invited the three of us to dinner. And it was really obvious that she could sense that we were feeling a little haggard, mm-hmm. as can happen sometimes when we're tending to someone else or or when we're just ex- in an extended hospitality situation. And so they invited us over for dinner and it was a very simple yet delicious and felt extravagant kind of meal. Mm. You know, the food was uh, simply prepared and so tasty and it was a homemade dessert, but it was just an opportunity to change space and to add two other people to the conversation Mm. And so we shared the table. We broke bread. Um, we went into another room on these huge, comfy recliners. And we sort of played with the switches. But, you know, it was obvious that they were tending to us without naming it. Mm. Uh, and and it really refreshed us. Um, they didn't wash our feet um, <laughs> because they weren't dirty. But our spirits were a little muddy Mm. and that had the effect of clearing and cleansing and and it was a beautiful beautiful gesture and another way that here in this country we can offer hospitality Mm. without having to have someone come to our home or knock on our door which is not typically um, a need for hospitality it's trying to sell us something right yeah i love that
1: definition of hospitality as easing someone's burden it's yeah. such a great way to think of that yeah yeah one of the things i said last week about blessing is that it's a practice that's uh, sometimes harder to understand theologically but it's easy to do and hospitality to me feels a little bit like the reverse we understand we should do it mm. and we understand why yeah but it's harder to do and So I wondered why you think it's hard for people or if you think it's hard for people
0: Yeah, I do I do and I'll tell you why it's hard for me sometimes is because I think there's a huge emphasis on privacy mm-hmm. and What hospitality does is it blurs the line between public and private and there have been times when I've been in my own home and I have, I have nothing to hide Um, You know, I I try to live as authentically as possible, but there are moments when, you know, I might be wolfing down my food really fast, and I'm like, okay, so this young person has now seen how I eat in private, (laughs) and that I do often, when things are super delicious, I like to lick (laughs) the plate, and we talk about it. We say, you know, this is what we do in private. We don't do this when there's company. But, you know, it sort of blurs that line, and it, it speaks to the vulnerability That you Mm. started with you know this having this conversation might feel vulnerable versus a manuscript uh and i think hospitality enhances vulnerability and and um our public and our private um, are opened up in a different way and yet i think it's so important because um, i think with the privacy sometimes is hiding and i think hospitality has the opportunity to relieve a burden to share a burden you know there's that expression that a burden share is halved mm-hmm. and a joy shared is doubled and that's that's the gift of ho- that hospitality has to offer also yeah what is it yeah. that you think or find difficult
1: uh, similar it's that blurring between the public and the private. Um and and I I I thought about it differently a couple years ago. I used to think it was about not feeling like I had enough to offer. Hmm. You know, like I um, don't do these big gourmet meals, or you know, my house isn't perfect, or yeah. uh, whatever. And what shifted my understanding of why it's hard for me was we. Uh, My family often does this uh, party in May that's a karaoke party. Um, And, and, you know, I do all the usual things that people do when I'm getting the house cleaned. And I decided the week before the party that I needed to redo the downstairs bathroom. (laughs) So, which in part needed done, but, you know, it's, it's... Sometimes you tackle these projects because there's a deadline, or I tackle them because there's a deadline. And, and things just went badly, you know? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I didn't know how to install a sink yet, and so, you know, I'm on YouTube, and I'm, it took longer than it was supposed to. So the day of the party, I'm trying to get the wallpaper on the bathroom. And I'm like, why am I doing... The bathroom is functional. You know, why am I doing this to myself? And I was telling that story to friends that night. And my neighbor said to me, well, if you were so concerned about having your bathroom done before people came, why didn't you call me? I would have come over and helped you finish the bathroom. And I was like, well, that would have defeated the purpose, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Then you would have seen that it wasn't perfect and mm. so it's it was interesting uh in a couple ways it it helped me see that some of that is uh, the blurring between the public and the private yeah and also um, the difference between inviting people to see that and being okay telling them you yeah. know I was fine telling that i'm fine telling it now yeah but i was like why
0: why would i let you see that with your own eyes yeah yeah <laughs> almost like that, embarrass- like that self-critique, right? Yes. Like it's not good enough for people to see. And, th- and I, I feel that sometimes too, like um, and have to remind myself that hospitality is not entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's being present to the people. And I would love to get distracted and um, just focus on the food. I love to cook love to plan a menu, love to see people enjoy food, love to know who likes what and how they like it, and make all these accommodations. Um, And sometimes in doing that, I can miss the person who's right before me. And so I think uh, I always have to remind myself that hospitality is about presence. Mm -hmm. It's about being there and being in the presence of someone else, um, which can also, elicit the vulnerability Uh, and and i think that's where it's important for me to remember that hospitality is about the other person and not my comfort um i i can get stuck there sometimes in being self-reflective and it's like well i can do that later Mm -hmm. um let me try to be present to the person who's before me now because they might be a messenger of god
1: yeah Yeah, that distinction between hospitality and entertaining was so important for me in being able to offer hospitality and not get sucked into wallpapering your bathroom. (laughs) 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 Then, you know, worry if the wallpaper is going to fall off while people are there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it relieves the pressure and is more true to the practice, I think. I guess I'm wondering what, uh, you know, we talked about this practices of peace series uh, assuming that people would need it this summer and Hmm. we made that decision quite a bit ago yeah just kind of seeing what's coming and so as we're in this now i wonder what what you think the practice of hospitality
0: speaks to this moment yeah it's tough because my my inclination would be you know um to go and spend time with people which for everyone is not an option right now for some it is, and I think that starting to regather gently mm-hmm. uh, is really important for people who can. I mean, we, we wear our masks um, outside and we can have enough distance like you and I have right here. Um, in fact, I'm sure there are some that are, might be worried that we might be too close, but <laughs> we are more than six feet apart. And, um, and I think it's important to Open our hearts to those whom we encounter so whether you can go far and wide or whether you're limited to the space of your immediate home Mm -hmm. I think hospitality allows us the opportunity to be present and to open our hearts to the other and to possibly you know keep an ear open to what Burden may be conveyed um, In posture or in words or in facial expression Um, And whether it's talked about or not depending upon the level of intimacy of the people you might just um, You might just be led to say something Hmm. Or be led to linger for a moment. I found myself recently because I do believe there's a place for this um, that people are physically starved for contact. And I do feel like touching someone on the back and not facing them uh, is something I can do with relative safety. I mean, I know I need to wash my hands afterwards and all of that, but I think I think when we can touch, um, we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are ways to do it. And um, so I think that's, The hospitality of the now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
1: I agree with all of those things and those needs. And I've also been playing around with this idea lately about uh, just the grief and the tension um, and just the things that are swirling out there for people. And I wonder sometimes if there isn't, a way that we need to be thinking about being hospitable to our own thoughts and feelings. Mm. You know, it's kind of that idea of you have to welcome what you're experiencing in order to not put it out into the world in in sort of a negative way. And so learning to be hospitable to the grief, as it comes um, or you know the the frustration the anger whatever it is that comes up in this time um, that we that we might welcome that in uh, the way we would welcome a guest Hmm. and see what that has to say with us and i i had this image the other day of you know sometimes it's like we're just slamming the door (laughs) yeah in the face of whatever it is that's coming to us right now. Mm, I love that. And so, um, yeah, so I've been playing with hospitality as an inner practice in a different way, in addition to all those things you said that I think are important.
0: Yeah. Tom Keating often describes uh, centering prayer that way. Mm. Makes sense. right? To be receptive, to be hospitable to the Spirit of God that is both within and and beyond us. And i love that and i and i think also when it comes to grief when it comes to those sort of emotions that are uncomfortable and um that we don't like i mean we're not asked to enjoy them we're just asked to acknowledge them and i think it speaks to a bigger emptiness Mm -hmm. Um, i think there's a lot of emptiness in those emotions and in those feelings and it's tempting to want to fill it yeah and you know someone like me i'll fill it for you with food but that's not that's not it i learned i learned in it was actually 1992 that um there was a Tize gathering in the united states in dayton ohio it was the first time that this ecumenical community from southern france came to the u.s mm. and part of being on this pilgrimage meant that you had to stay with a host family and that was terrifying for me There were people there from 44 states and many countries Um, i was and still am an english speaker and i'm i was at a home of an english speaker so there was no barrier there but what happened was uh, you know we would be transported to the gathering for the day and then at the end of the day we would be picked up and we'd go back to our host family and that first night when i came back the husband and wife had some simple cookies and some herbal tea Mm -hmm. ready and that's when i realized that that gesture of hospitality was really a prop you know the tea and the cookies were not the substance Mm -hmm. the substance was that they wanted to hear about my day and my experience before i went to sleep it wasn't like just come on in here's your room see ya goodbye it was so how was your experience today and so i had a lot of thoughts and feelings to process and um and the cookies and the tea were an afterthought but a very intentional this is for your comfort Um, and yet it was the conversation that allowed what was inside to to be shared Mm -hmm. yeah i love that story and i think again it's some
1: of what we're missing
0: Hmm. right now, mm-hmm. just,
1: but also can make space for with some intentionality uh, in this moment, in that connection, and that time with people and easing their burden. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and just letting things be, not trying to fill right. everything, right. right? That emptiness is where God is, I think. Yeah. That vulnerability, that emptiness, that blurring of the private and the personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.